Welcome to Panther Pori, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Presented by Florida Hockey Now. Here are your hosts, Jacob Langsom, Alex Lopez, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Panther Paris, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. And joining us today, longtime friend of the show, our boss, Mr. George Richards. George, how are you doing tonight? Well, good evening, fellas. What's going on? Uh, oh, I'm quite, taking a victory quite a lap bit. tonight. <laughs> quite a bit since the last time we recorded. The Panthers uh, look, look quite a bit different uh, since then. But before we get into all that... George, I just want to say on behalf of Panther Pre, congratulations uh, on three years of Florida Hockey Now. Thank you very much. It's been, uh, it seems a lot longer than three years since I it really does. Thing. It really <laughs> does. I mean, I, I was like, it's it can't be only three years, right? So I'm like, I'm counting. I'm like, yeah, we're starting year four, but it's been three full years. I mean, yeah, because you had the 2020 playoff bubble, and then three seasons after that so yeah it's been uh it's been pretty crazy well it's been the best independent uh panthers coverage out there uh thank you appreciate it here's to three more years sure yeah let's see what we can do (laughs) three more years three more years uh so yeah since since our last recording the the draft happened uh free agency happened well free agency started i suppose that's an ongoing process and doesn't happen uh, and the Panthers have been very active in both, in fact. Uh, I want to start with a real quick overview of draft. Uh, not too much to talk about, uh, or rather not that much that we can really get into because we're stupid and don't know things. But by all accounts, the Panthers actually did pretty well at the draft this year. They they used their their one second round pick. On a on a player that was actually generally regarded as what could have been a late first round pick, a lot of people were yeah. saying. Yeah, Grayson Souchin out of uh, WHL Seattle, and I mean the the highlight tape. I don't yeah. know how much of it that you guys consumed, but it's nice. It's pretty nice. Guy's got soft hands. Five eleven center. I believe he's around one eighty one ninety. You know, not not a guy that's going to be like a you know, one of those like players that people in the hockey media talked about, oh, you know, Vegas has all these six foot three, six foot four guys, mainly on the back end, of course, but the people were saying that's how you win in the playoffs. That's not quite what Souchin is, but he's got decent size. He's got a lot of skill, as you can tell. Uh, not that I knew this before he was picked, right. but uh, it was nice to see that he was I believe number 13 on the elite prospects board. So him going in the, in the sixties was quite a uh, nice get for the Panthers. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, isn't afraid to go to the net. He's got some skill. I mean, the Panthers really like his aggressiveness, um, finds holes coming up through the middle. So, I mean, Hey, and he's, he's, you know, he's still, he's, we're not going to see him for a couple of years. So uh, let him, let him mature and let him develop and uh, do it, do what he can do. So they'll see him in two years, three years, and that'll be that. Yeah. I, I kind of got some Vincent Trocheck vibes uh, watching his highlight tape. Uh, 
So take that for what it's worth, Panthers fans. This that's that's just kind of the feeling that I got. Uh, yeah, yeah. Troach took a couple of years in the AHL before he was uh, before he was in the NHL, but we all know how that worked out. He turned into uh, turned into an All Star. So if that's what we got here, then awesome. I mean, if you get a hundred NHL games out of him, you did well. It's the second round. True. Yep. Um, that's the longest I think we'll be able to talk about any of uh, the Panthers draft picks from this year. Uh-huh. I don't even think we should talk about any other ones other than that Luongo yeah. missed out on his Italian boy. Yeah, yeah. I, I listen. I mean, it, none of the kids were there yeah. except for uh, Grayson. So yeah, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see. A, a couple of them, I guess, will be at development camp. Um, I don't even know. I'm looking at it now. You know, right? Well, no, I was going to say, let's just jump right into talking about development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the draft is the draft. So yeah, I'll just uh, go over the other picks. Not like actually analyze just them the just, names <laughs> basically just the names and where they're from uh fourth round 127th overall albert i believe it's vickman from uh sweden he was a little bit higher regarded than uh the draft position by eep as well fifth round they drafted a goalie named olaf so josh gad is loving that so Big is jacob langsam who grew up a huge fan of olaf kolzig there you go uh, Luke Coughlin fell to them in the sixth round, quote unquote, fell. He had like a third, fourth round grade a lot of places. You know, a guy that probably like is still a long shot regardless, but, you know, whatever. Um, and then an overage KHL player, uh, Stepan. I don't know how to pronounce the last name, so this is just a dry run. I'm going to go with Shavigan. I'll take yeah, it. He's, a, he's an overage right. KHL yeah. player. Could be the next Maxime Mammon who, you know, was functional, didn't set the world on fire. But, like, a seventh-round pick, you get that out of him, you're happy. And, yeah, that's all the guys they drafted, other than uh, Grayson Sashin, who uh, we've established was uh, a steal and is the future of NHL. If you get 10 games out of a seventh-round pick or are able to use him in a trade to get something, you did great. Yeah, I wouldn't even say 10. If you get a game in the NHL out of a seventh-round pick, then it was a good pick. Fair, fair. Like even if it's like an emergency call up, everyone, you know, COVID outbreak and he's the guy, but like you got a game. Yeah. Um, on to development camp. The biggest story, and you broke it, George, is that Spencer Knight will be at development camp. Um, that's a special exemption from the NHL because he uh, aged out of it. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Was that a difficult decision from the NHL or was that like, hey, you know, it's it doesn't give the Panthers any real advantage? Yeah. And this kid was, you know, going through some stuff and it helps him get back on the ice and, you know, start earning his his spot back with the organization. Yeah, yeah, I think you just nailed it right there, Alex. It's a, it's a you know, how does it hurt? Um, you know, the development camp rules are in there um, to protect players who don't necessarily want to go to that, right? They are like, listen, I, you know, I don't need that. Um, Spencer Knight wanted to go. Spencer yeah. Knight requested this. Um, Spencer Knight wants to be back on the ice, wants to get some game type action um, and, and get back kind of into the fold. So uh, good move by the NHL. Good move on Spencer Knight and his people uh, for trying to make that happen. And uh, here we are. And I'm sure you're going to get an opportunity to talk to him during development camp. And we'll that see. Be pretty interesting. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see if they let us talk to him. I don't know. That, that, that's true. You um, never know. Anything else on development camp that – Panthers fans should be keeping their eye on George. Well, you know, it's the first one that's been open to the public in a couple of years. So I'm yeah. sure the fans will be, be be happy to be back inside the ice den. 
Um, I have to assume it's the last one that'll ever be at the ice stand, but you never know. So, um, I mean, this, you know, one one have, this one was supposed to be at the War Memorial, and here we yeah, are. Absolutely, and here we are. So, yeah, no, listen, you've got the you got the draft kids that are coming in. Mackie Samuskevich is going to be there. Um, he signed his entry level deal with the Panthers um, right after Michigan, uh, you know, uh, ended its season. So, uh, get to see Mackie before rookie camp and then training camp. Um, all the goalies are going to be there, like you said. Uh, the Olaf, the, the kid they just drafted, is there. They've got a couple other young kids. Um, you've got Rod Brindamore's Rod Brindamore's son is going to be there. So yeah, there's there's a couple good little stories there, and um, you know, always fun to to see some hockey in in uh, the middle of the summer. I've seen it bandied around on Twitter, considering all of the hype around the NBA summer league, especially with Wimbanyama. And the, the NHL has a player of that ilk in Connor Bedard. Is there any talk of eventually doing something similar to what the NBA does and have a global, essentially, prospect tournament for the entire NHL? I, I'm sure the N- NHL would love to get that kind of attention. You don't? Do you think it would? I don't, because you look at this, only the most diehard fan knows who these kids are in development camp in the NBA. It's a little different. I mean, it's not only do you have college kids, but there's those kids that are playing in Europe now to skip college. You know who they are. Um, A lot of these, a lot of these kids, you just don't know. I I don't, you know, if the NHL thought that they could create that kind of a buzz, sure. Why not have a, have a summer league thing. But I do think that the teams like these development camps, mainly because they introduce these kids to their program, to their organization. Hey, this is where we practice. Hey, this is where we play, you know, that kind of thing. If you hold something like that, and it wouldn't be in Vegas, right? They would hold it in, you know, in somewhere outside of Toronto. How does that help individual teams? I don't know that it does. Fair enough. I just think it, I just think it's a different animal because – you look at these NBA summer camp, they're going out just to play games and have a good time and, and, and all that stuff. But I think that the NHL development camps actually are more in depth and their nutrition, based. they're actually a camp with some on ice stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Got it. Yeah. I think that this is in the rights holders court, especially in Canada, because if they come up to the NHL and say, Hey, we think that this would get dynamite ratings, which I would imagine that summer league gets pretty good ratings for ESPN. The, the it games, would probably end up happening. Like the Wimbanyama game got a huge a number in in perspective, like a huge number of what you expect a summer league game to get. But like the other games aren't doing great. And let's not forget the NBA guys are pros now. They have already left their. You're you're, you're looking at these kids are allowed to be here. There's you've got some college kids who probably could not compete in something like that. Yeah. That's I don't know true. the rules. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean these kids are these these kids are not pros yet. They haven't signed ELCs. These you know they're here, so it's a different. It's it is a bit of a different bird. Moving on, uh, free agency. Yeah, what a wild day July first was. Uh, TJ and I were both out of town, which is why we didn't have an episode like that day. And there was um, no Twitter. And and yeah, Twitter was broken. Uh, really bad day for Twitter to be broken. But on July 1st, uh, the Panthers made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight new signings uh, and a couple of not new signings, a couple of extensions. Are uh, you including what the like the 
the latest one, which I think might have actually no, been on July no, 2nd. No, I'm talking just on July 1st. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so really, really busy day for the Panthers. I'm just going to go through these uh, in the order that Cap Friendly is listing them. Even though I'm not sure it's exactly the right order, but whatever. Uh, the first thing on Cap Friendly's list, uh, 29-year-old defenseman Mike Riley signed to a one-year, $1 million deal. Mike Riley is someone that we were banging the drum for at the trade deadline. So I am absolutely thrilled about this. He's going to get an opportunity. I mean, he's going to get a great opportunity here. To, uh, he obviously knows um, uh, Bill Zito from their time together, their brief time together in Columbus. Um, they talked a little bit about how, you know, he was underused, underutilized in, in Boston because of the salary cap concerns. He got to play with them early in the year. And then when those guys started coming back, they didn't have any room for him. So he spent the year in Providence. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a this is a good opportunity for him to get in here and get some time and uh, maybe pull the, uh, the 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 Josh Mahura, Gus Forsling kind of deal. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, six foot one analytical darling. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he fits the size. He fits the skill. Yeah, this this is a guy that that we are going to love to have. Uh, I do, Jordan, and maybe Jordan can shed a little bit of light on this, but I do personally, he's a left shot primarily. Yeah. Uh, so I do personally have some concerns with where he fits in a fully healthy Panthers lineup. That's um, a good concern. I think there's a there's a few players there that you have to, yeah. But yes, oh, he's yes. definitely <laughs> one of those guys. So, yeah. yeah. Well, well let, let's just start right there. That's the one thing the Panthers didn't lose this offseason is left shot defensemen. And they signed, they signed like five of them. them. They signed five. Did they and sign five? They signed five. I mean, if you include two, uh, Lucas. three, yeah. If you call, if you count Carlson, they were all Four. lefties. Yeah. yeah. I don't it, count the signing of Lucas Carlson, but well, he was, was a free agent. That. Lucas Carlson. That, you know what? That's true. So. That's true. That um, wasn't an extension with Carlson. That's a new contract for him. New contract. Yeah, after July first. You know what? I lied. I'm not going to do this perfectly in order that Cap Friendly shows it because to accentuate... Let's talk about the D first. Let's talk about the yeah, D first. Yeah, to accentuate yeah. the point I'm making about a fully healthy Panthers lineup and why I'm concerned about Mike Riley's playtime, uh, the Panthers also took a chance on Oliver ekman Larson. Uh, also a one-year deal, two and a quarter. Uh, I'm a little bit less thrilled about this than I am about Mike Riley. I do expect OEL to play. Uh, if he's healthy, I don't think you give him two and a quarter if you don't expect him to play. Uh, I think it's a good gamble for one year. I think there's still some hockey left in him uh, if he's on a good team, which he never really has been. Uh, no. But yeah, we'll we'll see. He's a he's a ceiling guy, a high ceiling. I mean, yeah, low low risk, high reward. Um, if his foot is 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 healed up, if he can skate again. With Brandon Montour, with Aaron Ekblad out of the lineup uh, to start the season, you're going to need somebody of his ilk. Um, he's going to get. He's probably going to run the top power player. Either you do, you give it to Forsling, or you give it to, or you give it to OEL. I mean, we'll see what happens. But he's going to get a. He, of all the opportunities that the Panthers are going to give, he's going to get the biggest one. Um, and let's see how he does with it. If yeah. not, you walk away from him, and and you really just spent what. What was the number? One point five. Two point two five. Okay, okay, you, okay. It's a little bit of money, but 
um, not the end of the world. And it's it's money that's right. in the budget. And, and he's a guy that you knew they were going to sign. As soon as he got bought out by Vancouver, you're like, <laughs> okay, he's coming to Florida. Yeah. So um, that's the, you know, he's the reclamation veteran guy that, 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 that Bill Zito and the Panthers love. And again, if he can come back to form, that sets the steel of the century. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a Swedish guy running power play one at the beginning of the year. It sounds like either way. <laughs> and probably um, a Swedish guy running power play two, for the record. Um, I think that this is my least favorite free agency signing that they made, just because if we're talking about, okay, you know, this is a low risk move, you know, you bring in a guy, maybe he's got a high ceiling. I just don't know if, if at his age and at his level of health that you really got a ceiling for OEL to like, jump up into i think that this is a guy that has shown that he's well on the decline and like vancouver's not a great environment but he's not making them any better last year and the year before that and really the year before that too uh so i think 2.25 is actually more of a risk than it is a uh, potential reward now that being said it's one year it's 2.25 million how bad could it really go ultimately if they decide that he didn't work at all at the trade deadline, unless everything didn't work and they're just not in the race, they can move him on to a team that's tanking and, you know, uh, use that space to get somebody to fill the hole or, you know, just fill another hole in the lineup. Um, overall, though, I would say I'm happy with what they did in free agency and we'll continue to talk about that. Mike Riley is a guy that I feel like is undervalued by the NHL because he's continually going through waivers last year despite being on a reasonable contract, but the Panthers are able to jump on his low value and sign him to such a low risk contract that he has the potential to exceed. The thing I'm worried about, which kind of you already hinted at kind of Jake is that there could be a sunk cost going on here where OEL might just stink the join up, but they signed him to the one point, you know, one times 2.25, Mike Riley's only on the one by one. So even if Mike Riley's playing a lot better than OEL, OEL so also having the veteran standing, that makes it, me worried about it because we've seen a team like Dallas make a really bad bet on a veteran D-man like Ryan Suter and them just being totally unwilling to just cut bait. They're They're – just unwilling to take him out of the lineup, buy him out, do whatever. They say, you know what, this guy's a veteran. We need the veteran presence, yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, he maybe cost them a Stanley Cup last year because he was just so catastrophic against Vegas. Hopefully, OEL isn't like that. You saw it last year with Mark Stahl. They, as bad as Mark Stahl was the first two months of the season, they stuck with him, and he ended up not being all that bad, right? So... I, I don't know. I, I, I think we're looking way too far down the line. I, I think if he comes in healthy, he's going to help, especially with Ekblad and Montour out. I, I don't think it's a I, – I know there is a concern. Of course there's a concern. If you saw him play in Vancouver last season, it's a concern. But um, Yeah, he was getting you know, helpless who, that, by the end of it. Yeah, but, but Vancouver was a, a mess, an absolute mess last year. I mean, if you remember the whole Bruce Boudreau being dangled out there. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Is, is, is tonight Bruce's final game? We don't know. We'll see. <laughs> and, you know, I mean. It's the worst, one of the worst run organizations in all sports, regardless of the NHL. So that's Thanks just poison. So, you know, the Panthers actually, it's weird for us to say, for all of us who 
been around this team is a, it's a pretty well run hockey operation. I mean, it, it's a good, days, yeah. Yeah. it is a good atmosphere. It, it's conducive to players getting an opportunity. It, it's, I, I think I, I guys want to play here. Your, your, your worries, your worries are, are credible, but I, I think things might work themselves out here. And it's a, and it's an opportunity for a veteran player to get, you know, maybe something else. Anyway. You know, TJ, there's something very interesting that I find about your reaction to the Oliver Ekman Larson signing. Uh, and it has to do with Oliver Ekman Larson being a Swedish born offensive defenseman, probably past his prime, recovering from foot surgery slash ankle surgery. Uh, there's another one of those in the NHL uh, who you wanted at $11 million, and we got one for two and a quarter. Now, I'm not saying that Oliver Ekman Larson is as good as Eric Carlson, but the profile, the health profile, and the age profile, and basically what you were describing is kind of similar to OEL coming off of his uh coming off of his procedures. So the fact that you're ba- that you were banging the drum so hard for Carlson, and now here you are trying to shut the door on OEL is very interesting to me. Is it though? We're talking about a generational player versus a player. Oh, I know. Again, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying was, that we're going to not... get a hundred point season out of OEL. I'm just saying for you to want OEL that, or for you to want Carlson that badly and be so against OEL is just very interesting considering that the player you described could also have been used exactly to describe Eric Carlson. Archetypes, yes, but I just think OEL's much, 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 much fifty muches later worse. Like I, I, that's that's as simple as it is for me. Like he just isn't as good. Two, two years ago, we were all saying the same thing about Carlson. He's washed. He's done. Anchor of a contract. No one's going to want him. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, the only reason he hasn't been traded yet is because the flat cap is just crippling teams, and we'll get into that a little bit more later. But I, I agree with Jacob here and, and George. Like you're you're gambling on OEL being healthy and providing you something. And when you're gonna be missing arguably your two best defensemen for up until Christmas, it's sounding like yep. you need to gamble on someone like OEL to to find something because one, there just weren't top flight defensemen available. I mean, I know the Panthers were dabbling in on um Orlov. Or well, Orlov and what's his name from Calgary? Han- Noah Hannafin. Oh, Noah Hannafin. I wouldn't call him a top pairing defenseman, but you know, there's just wasn't the guy out there who could replace what Montour and Ekblad do that you could afford. So you gotta take a reclamation project. Yeah, and yeah, for the record, OEL might not work, but for two and a half, might not. Two, for two and a quarter yeah. for a year, it's not a big deal if he doesn't. There's a good chance it doesn't. I just don't really see like the ceiling. Like I feel like the most plausible, like good outcome is that like, oh, he was worth about 2.25 million because he's he's so washed. Like, and like also, how good was OEL ever really? I feel was, like this hasn't been truly he was pretty good when he was good. Again, he wasn't Eric Carlson good, but he was pretty good. I know. Uh Eric Carlson had 101 points this season. The seasons before that he had 35, 22, and 40. Just exactly. Um, 
So moving on to from TJ's least favorite signing of the day to mine, uh, maybe not least favorite, more the one that I just don't really understand. Uh, Nico Mikola, another left shot D, big, big frame on this guy. Uh, Panther signed him to a three-year deal at seven and a half. That's the one I don't. Seven and a half total. 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 Yeah. 2.5 average annual. Why did the Panthers give Nico Mikola term is my question. So in the 90s, Bill Zito started a sports agency. I believe it was called Acme World Sports. And it was acquired after Bill Zito left the organization to join the Blue Jackets to be their assistant general manager. It was acquired by Wasserman. So now Wasserman has the agent that Bill Zito formed his Acme World Sports agency with. And that agent represents Nico Mikola. Um, listen, I think the Panthers were looking for a guy that could play some defensive hockey. He's not an offensive threat. Um, he doesn't have the shot that Radko Gudis had. He did not, yeah. he does not have the, the, the you know, the, the hit prowess that Gudis had, but this is the Gudis replacement. I mean, uh, he's the guy that's, that, that's going to be the, the stay at home defenseman that, that is physical, that has great stick, that it's going to be, uh, you know, making plays defensively. I mean, he's just, you, everybody, every team's got to have one of those guys. And he's the guy the Panthers are banking on. He was very good, I thought, in that role um, the past couple years, especially with the Rangers. Uh, he was part of that deal um, with what, Tarasenko to the yeah, Rangers? Yes. yes. Um, and, and he was a very nice addition uh, to the Rangers. Um, again, not much money, but he's going to give this team something that it needs. Um, he's a trusted defenseman that they can trust. I mean, that, that's the thing that they don't seem to have. Um, where else are you going to – who else was going to fill that role, Matt Kirstead? I, I, I don't know. So, much. so, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So you got a defensive defenseman for two, two million bucks, two and two and a half, whatever it is, um, a, a guy that they can trust back there. Radko Gudis, when he signed in 2020, we did not think he was going to be the defensive player that he was. He was I not did. very good. You did? Okay, okay, good. I did. I'm on record. Very, okay, good. Uh, he wasn't very good the year before in Washington. No. Was his, no, his, he wasn't. His, his numbers, he looked like a guy on the decline. I thought, going back to your point, Jacob, the three-year term on Gudis was too much. Um, that's what I thought then, and I've apologized for it. You, know, you yeah. should have given him four, Bill. You should have <laughs> given him four, buddy. Um, you know, so these kind of things, uh, you know, this is a guy that they researched for – they spent a lot of research on him yeah, before they made this deal. Yeah, I, I just remember the when, when the Panthers signed Gutis, and for the record, they basically – this is this is Gutis's exact contract, three years at $2.5 million per. Yeah. The yeah. exact deal. Yeah. They just moved the money. Um, yep. When the Panthers first signed Radko Gudis, I remember on the pod saying, if the Panthers can get Philly Gudis and not Washington Gudis, then they're mm-hmm. going to be very happy. And I think there's a good chance that we that we get Philly Gudis and not Washington Gudis. Mm-hmm. Larger sample size. It was one bad year in Washington. The difference here uh, is that Mikola does not have the underlying numbers that Gudis had in Philadelphia. They're arguably worse than Gudis's numbers in Washington. 
there he is he is good enough defensively if if you put him with the right partner then to to cover that up then fine yeah george like you said he's going to give you no help on offense no none but that's okay you'll throw him on over there with with, with mahura probably in that you know we'll see what happens i would be interested to see mikola with montor if you want to go pure defense to pure offense as a pair that that would be a pairing that i would want to see but then you're also kind of sticking yourself to OEL Ekblad. So this this is why I say I'm concerned about Mike Riley's playing time when when the Panthers are fully healthy because they gave term to Mikola, so they like him. So you have to imagine he's going to play. They're taking the chance on OEL, so you have to imagine he's going to play. And you're not not going to play Forsling. There are your three left. Mahura's still here. He's and probably going to yeah, play. Mahura, Mahura is a lefty. Let's not forget that. So that's four left shot D that I think have a better chance of playing regularly than Mike Riley mm-hmm. when the when the team is fully healthy. Before they are fully healthy, I think I, I think everyone's gonna get their time. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quickly on on Mikula, um, I'm gonna make a, a larger point when we're done discussing all the D men, but I think the analytics underrate this guy. Uh, I think hmm. that he's a solid player. I think that he's probably not on a on a team that has serious Stanley Cup aspirations or even serious like winning a playoff series aspirations. He's not more than a third pairing guy. But sure. like the anchor of your third pairing in today's NHL is worth 2.5 million. Fair. So th- this pretty much has I I think an identical, you know, scenario of working and not working in my opinion. Pretty much like basically this is what the player is worth. Three you know, years, yeah. two and a half million. If if your third pairing going into next season is Mahura on his strong side and Mikola on his offside because who cares? He's not really going to do much anyway. Mm-hmm. Fine. That's fine. I'm okay with that. And also Mahura can play both sides and he is not the only Panthers defenseman who can do that because... Good segue. The fourth new left shot D or left-handed D that the Panthers brought in is the return of Dmitry Kulikov. Also a one-year, $1 million deal. Uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know the guy? I mean, I guess Zito and Maurice don't. Not really, no. Because they weren't in charge. Maurice does, though, because he played for him in, in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. That's true. Um, I think Kulikov is probably most likely going to either be your seventh D and play if someone gets hurt. Uh or he's an AHL player. I don't think they signed. I I don't. I really don't think, even with the history with the Panthers, that they signed Kulikov with the intention of him being an NHL regular. I don't know about that. I mean, I think he's going to play, especially early on, and then it's going to be oh early, yeah, yeah. Who 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 has shown? You know who? And again, we're going back to um, Paul Maurice, and who does he trust? Right. I mean, he trusts right. he trusts veteran guys. Um, not that Riley isn't a, a veteran guy. He's got some experience, but Kulikov's been around the league a long time. I mean, so, well, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, there are so many moving parts when it comes to this right now. I mean, yeah. it, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's just going to be, it, it, I can't explain. They're going to be guys coming and going, I think, as the season <laughs> goes on. They're going to be defensemen waved to the Panthers going to be like, oh, we like that guy. We're bringing him in too. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. So th- there's going to be a lot of movement on that blue line this year. Yeah. And like while, while Ekblad and Montour are out, the, all four of these players will play in the NHL. 
all of them. Mm -hmm. And then you have until Christmas to decide which one of them or which ones of them you like the best. Yep. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. You know, competition for spots is always a good thing. You know, guys are going to have to really put their foot on the gas in order to keep their spot in the lineup every night. You know, supposing that there isn't just like blatant favoritism given, which you can never completely rule out in general. I'm not saying that it's happened in the past or anything, but you know, we, we've seen it in the league. Like I just brought up the Ryan Suter thing. Um, hopefully that doesn't become an issue with some of the veteran guys, just, you know, overstepping guys that deserve a shot that are a little bit younger. We'll just have to see. They have a lot of options and hopefully the cream rises to the top. That's certainly a way that you can frame it. Yeah. But um, back to what I was saying about the Mikula signing, like kind of hinting at um the the approach on defense, you certainly understand it because they just need to replace the bodies that they're going to be missing in terms of Ekblad and Montour coming into the season. But you know, maybe it's just me. I'm 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 really disappointed that we went into the season thinking, well, they you know they they kicked the can down the road when they traded the Weaker and Huberto one year deals for the eight year deal of Matthew Kachuk. And I know last year is going to be a little bit tougher. We got all this cap space next year, and we're going to go out and we're going to get a top four defenseman to replace Uyghur with all that cap space. And then we're really going to be set, and they didn't do it. Like, I know that it's easier said than done, but I look at the Orlov deal, and I think to myself just personally, like, I would have rather that they just did that and figured the rest of it out. Because now I still don't feel like they have four top four defensemen. Last year, I could you could argue that they were actually better off because Gudis arguably was a top four defenseman. But they just have Forsling, Ekblad, and Montour, who are both going to be injured for a significant chunk of the year. The, the defense is just not deep with quality. Like quantity, sure. You're you're really betting on one of these guys to become like a legitimate top four defenseman. And I get that like Orlov got a huge contract in terms of average annual value. It made it pretty prohibitive for other teams to match it. It would have been very difficult for them to match it in terms of the average annual value. So it's not like, you know, what the fuck, Bill Zito? Why didn't you sign that exact contract? You <laughs> idiot. But like, if you had asked me, would, would I rather have them gone with just like signing that one deal and figuring the rest of it out, like maybe making some sacrifices in other areas, not maybe signing the kind of quality that they did on forward. Honestly. Yeah. Like I I feel like they just, they just aren't deep enough at defense and it kind of showed in that playoffs, you know, in, in the series against Vegas, they kept giving up goal after goal after goal in that game five, you know, here's the thing. They didn't have to replace one defenseman. They had to replace four. Like, that's the issue here is they didn't, like, Montour and Ekblad were going to be healthy for game one. Yeah, you load up and you sign a guy for $5 million and 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 make yourself a solid top four, or you push harder and get the uh, Hannafin deal done. But they had to replace four defensemen. They had no choice but to go with the quantity, the quantity move and hope to God that they can get you know, a reclamation project out of an OEL. Like they had, this was the only play on defense because Ekblad and Montour are hurt. Absolutely. Because again, 
Bill Zito stressed this uh, during the exit interviews. You don't, you can't, you're not putting Montour and Ekblad on LTIR for the entire season. If you are mm-hmm. putting them on for the entire season, then you replace their money. You, you're not doing that. So they had to go quantity over quality. They had to spread what they had, you know, over five or six or seven players, whatever it ended up being. Um, they, you know, we're going to get into the Anthony Declare trade, I'm sure, um, you know, probably in an hour number three. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that this is the way that you, you kind of saw the Panthers looking. They looked to upgrade as, as, as in any way they could. That's why you saw the fourth line guys go away. They felt that they could upgrade them at the same kind of price. And defensively, they think that this is going to work. And, and we'll see if it does. It might not. But like you said, you've only got two months to live. You you hope. If these guys are back by New Year's, if they're both back, if one's back, whatever, then all of a sudden, if you've survived that, and they they were nine points out on July one this year, and, and still made the play, you know, so they they've kind of got that experience in their back pocket that they're just they're just trying to survive is basically yeah yeah the the defenseman signings were ultimately throwing darts at the wall and hoping that you get a bullseye while Ekblad and Montour are out. Once they're back, I I do think the lineup is going to look a lot strong. Well, obviously, your two top mm-hmm. right shot D returning will obviously make your team look a little bit better. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the defensive pairs look uh, on opening night. Uh, the forward lines are probably going to look a lot less different. Uh, there will be some new faces, though. And I want to start by fawning over my new favorite Panther. Uh, the Panthers signed Evan Rodriguez, uh, 29 years old, four years, $3 million per. Mwah. Yes. Beautiful bit of work. We love it. Zito. We love it. Rodriguez is a fantastic complimentary piece. Uh, he will play in your top six. I hope yes. he will definitely Probably. play in your top nine. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you would say that about Sam Reinhardt when they got him and it's not like that's it's true. an issue that he's yeah. on the third line. Right. Uh, Evan Rodriguez is going to be a monster for this team. I promise you. Yeah, I have no problem. You know, we've talked a lot about Sam Reinhart being on that third line. He fits in well on that, you know? So what the heck? It doesn't matter. Um, You're going with fit on that. It's not like he's your ninth best forward. No. He just fits really well with Lundell and Lusterine. And it's like, why would you do anything different? I mean, they've tried to play Reinhart with with Barkov a number of times. It, It just hasn't clicked. So there you are. Um, but yeah, Rodriguez, I mean, you, you touched on it. He essentially replaces Duclair's money who was shipped out for a fourth line type, uh, player. Steven Lorenz. And, yeah. and, and it was like a fifth round pick or something. Fifth like round that. pick. Yep. Yeah. Um, Duclair, great guy, uh, fan favorite uh-huh. le- leader off the ice in terms of the community. 30 goal score. Right. But he's also coming off a torn Achilles Yeah, mm-hmm. and he is a one dimensional player. Very and and Which, a streaky one dimensional player. And Evan and Rodriguez is go ahead. Sorry, George. No, no, and he's a guy that we talked about last summer. Is like we thought that the Panthers were going to try to trade him last year. Yeah, before he got hurt. So yeah, that was probably. Um, listen, when 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 we when we talked to when we talked to Anthony, um, and God bless Anthony, declared great, great, like everything you said, great, great person, great teammate, great in the community. 
Um, and I hope that continues and I believe it will, um, because I think this has, you know, kind of become a home for Anthony to declare, but any, um, they were not talking extension with him. So you saw this one coming. Yeah. You know, I mean, you saw this coming. So. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm a little disappointed by the return on the Duclair trade. I thought they probably could have been able to get more than Lorenz and a fifth for someone who is a 30 goal scorer in the NHL. That's um, the market look, right now. I know. Yeah. Look around the NHL, look yeah. around the, look at some of the other players that they're just being given away. I mean, it was all for the, you know, and, Taylor Hall was and, and, literally and the, given away. Literally, yeah, <laughs> that's true. And it, Taylor I Hall think, a heart. I, I think if San Jose would have just offered the fifth round pick, they would have taken it to the Lorenz, yes. the Stephen Lorenz thing. That 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 takes a million dollars out of your pocket. Um, but for what I've been told, he's a player that the Panthers really like. They like his speed and all that stuff. They think he'll be a really good fourth good liner. Yeah, he'll be a good addition. He'll be a good fourth liner. He's. I mean, you saw Giovanni Smith play a lot of fourth line minutes. Up until the playoffs, much to Alex's um, dismay. <laughs> so you just so you up, so you upgraded there. Oh, for sure, for yes. sure. He, I think that people are kind of sleeping on what he's going to bring. Oh yeah, like, that's a good player. No, I I like Lorenz as a fourth line player. Lorenz and Lomberg, are you kidding me? Those two are going to yeah. run over opposing fourth lines. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so much fun to watch those two. It's and, a little bit like Nico Mikola in that, like. I like the player, but like I would not say he's a top four defenseman. Yeah. I like Steven Lorenz, but like he's not a top nine forward. But you got him on the fourth line, you're in good shape. You're in right. very good shape. And it's very unlikely that he plays any higher than that when you look at the talent <laughs> yeah, that can you, fill out the Panthers. I mean, top it's, nine. it's also like the Phoenix Evan Rodriguez is going to replace Anthony Duclair's roster spot. And, and we were, Lorenz comes in for the fourth line. And we, we were te- talking about. Duclair being a one-dimensional player, but F. Rodriguez is the opposite, the yeah. pure opposite of that. Man, the guy has great defensive impact. He just he just does everything you need him to do. He's a really useful utility kind of player, and you say all those things to say, like, oh, he's you know, kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Not really. I mean, this is a guy I project is going to have like a 50-60 point year next year, and he's going to have a good yeah. defensive impact. I mean, it's going to be a big function of he's going to play with Barkov. He's going to play with Kachuk and he's going to benefit from that, but it's because he's a smart player and he can benefit from that. And because he's going to be trusted by Paul Maurice to be out there in big situations because he's not going to let them down. He's a very reliable player too. He He's a guy who finds his way on the teams that make deep playoff runs and is a monu- is a vital piece to those teams. Not the leader, but that guy is, oh, we, we aren't here without Evan Rodriguez. Well, to, to go on to, to, to Stenland, I mean, that's a guy, you know, the Florida really wanted to upgrade fourth-line center. They loved Eric Stahl for obvious reasons, uh, the off-the-ice stuff. They they felt like they could upgrade it on the ice. Stenland is a guy, I think, that, that does that. Uh, I, I really like that move Yeah, when I saw it initially. And looking – Deeper into it, I, I think he's the perfect fit on that fourth line. Does he kill penalties? He does kill penalties. Yeah, perfect. Uh, you, you know, not not a sexy player, and no. I don't know. Like if if I get behind ever, like I mean, it's a one by one, and they needed they needed somebody there, and it's not like you know Noel Chari, for example, is a sexy player. Let's say, yeah, and we love Kev- him. Kevin Kevin Stenland is like he he's not putting up 25 goals. Kevin Stenland, he's just not. But is he going to be a guy that you're going to feel okay whenever he's out there for sure? I mean, he's a big 
defensively responsible kind of player. Low ceiling, but high floor. You know what you're getting from him. And at one by one, like, why complain about it at all? You're going to be pretty okay with him, I believe, in the fourth line center role. One of the Achilles heels for the Panthers last year is that they could not kill penalties. If Kevin Stenland can come in and help do that and take the load off Barkov, like the fact yeah. that Barkov is your number one penalty killer is a problem because he has to play so many tough minutes as it is. Like you need someone who can take that role from him. I have no idea if Stenland can. George, I mean, you're obviously much more familiar with him because considering the Columbus connection. But, you know, yeah, it's not sexy, but if it's one by one and this guy can come in, be defensively responsible and, you know, set not to use plus minus, but if he can be five on five, a, Z, a net zero and kill penalties, that's a great signing. Yeah, Eric Stahl at Stenland's age, you take Eric Stahl, no doubt about it. But Stenland's what, 27 years old? 25, 26. 26, 26 years old. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's yeah, the, the fourth the fourth line really has upgraded itself. And, and that oh, was, yeah. They, 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 you know, when you look at what the Panthers hockey ops does, they, they, they target players, they've been getting the players that they want. Um, I'm sure there were some some guys that they wanted that they didn't get. I mean, that's just the nature of the business. But I think the the, the ones they targeted, they got. They wanted Stenland. They knew that from the beginning. Um, and, you know, they obviously got him early on. Uh, let, let's talk about that around the NHL real quick and the guys the Panthers maybe missed out on. Uh, how do you think uh, Zito's feeling about Bertuzzi going at one year 5.5 to Toronto? They couldn't pay that either. Right, I mean, not. I mean, we if just, you, we just talked about why. I, well, we more the taxes. Why. We there's one other guy that we should talk about, but let's continue this conversation. Um. Yeah. Okay. So they couldn't. They couldn't come even close, even with the tax consideration. So that answers that question. Um. Orlov. Yeah. Orlov. Same thing. Um. Bertuzzi's betting on himself. Bertuzzi's betting that he's going to get a bigger deal next year when the when the when the the cap goes up. A lot of people are. Yep. Yeah. Rodriguez is better to... signing, in my opinion. Like, yes, I would absolutely. just rather spend mm-hmm. the money on him. Yeah. Flat out. I mean, yeah. I mean, Bertuzzi had a great jump last year. Um, you know, we all talked about that when he went to Boston from Detroit. What a great move that was because he had really been playing well in Detroit. And obviously, he was terrific in Boston. Terrific. There's no doubt, there's no doubt about it. But, um, Again, that he was also the headliner of a very weak free agency class. Yeah, and that's the other thing that we he, need to know. He was always going to get overpaid. Um, he just couldn't get the turn. I mean, what does he think? Is he does he think he's a seven million, eight million dollar player that taking this one year five point five was? I, I, I don't know. But regardless, because of what we talked about with Montour and Ekblad not being available, you could not spend five and a half million of your your nine or ten on one guy. So, right. and they didn't, they, but yeah, I think they would have, if they could have worked in a Bertuzzi in a perfect world, they would have loved to have have a guy like Bertuzzi, but it just wasn't in the cards this time. Do you know if they checked in on Matt Duchesne? I'm sure they did. Again, another guy that Bill Zito has got some experience with. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure they talked to, to, to Matt Duchesne's camp. He's a veteran guy that uh, became available. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm I'm sure they talked to him about, yeah, not enough country music in Sunrise, though. <laughs> well, the, I guess that they didn't get to him around Tortuga Fest time. Um, before we forget, 
kind of curious. Anthony Stolarz comes in to be the number three goalie. He gets a $1.1 million deal. And then Alex Lyons signs in Detroit for $900,000, two-year deal. But we, we were kind of talking about, oh, you know, Lyon wanted to go to Detroit because he's going to be able to be an everyday NHL player. But now all of a sudden, James Reimer signs there. And it looks like it's going to be Huso and Reimer with Alex Lyon as the number three. So kind of curious that they decided to go this way. I mean, I flat out wouldn't be surprised if Stolarz is the better goalie next year. Like, frankly, yeah. kind of expect it. Like, But at the same time, like, Lyon was so useful for them last year that they could have gone out and did the two by 900. And you typically see NHL organizations just not change. Like it, 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 they go with the devil, you know, basically. So it's kind of interesting that they didn't, even though like it could obviously work out pretty well here. Cause Stolarz is a legitimately all right goalie, like totally can be useful in that third goalie role for sure. I think that if the Panthers wanted Alex Lyon, they could have had him and they, they could have made that deal. We, I, I, we talked about, I don't know if I talked to you guys about it. I think I did that. That's exactly the deal. You could bring him in at a one way. Cause that's all he wanted was a one way deal, um, which they gave Stolarz. Anyway, I think they made a decision. They felt like they could upgrade that position. They feel like they, the goalie department made that call and that's who they wanted. They wanted Stolarz over, over Alex Lyon, I think it's that simple. I mean, Alex Lyon got a two-year deal. He's making what one point eight million dollars through the course of this. Yeah. God bless him. But you would you got to think Florida would have given him that too if that's what they wanted to do because Alex Lyon would have come back here for for similar money, even maybe less money. Maybe you would have gotten him at eight hundred thousand. Um, he would have taken it, and I I, I I just think that hockey ops the the the, the goalie department decided that they wanted to upgrade the position well yeah the panthers clearly have a good track record with signing former flyers backups uh so i also have high hopes for stolars as your number two or number three depending on how spencer knight looks at dev camp and in training camp yeah that's Um, that's another thing to consider i guess is that they're just not sure about that spencer knight thing right so they needed someone that they were more confident in could be a full season backup in the nhl this was no surprise that the panthers signed a goalie of this of Oh, yeah. NHL quality goalie that they were going to do that um, because they had to. They don't they really don't know what what's going on with Spencer Knight. Now, Spencer Knight, again, at development camp, he's trying to do all the right things. Let's see how it goes. But he did leave them for, you know, in February and they've got to make contingency plans. They can't be standing on the corner looking looking like why what happened, you know. Yeah, and that's exactly the way that I want to put it, too. It's, it's just a matter of circumstance. It's not to say, like, well, Spencer Knight left the team. Can you really trust this guy? Like, does he is he a distraction? Does he have character issues? Yada, yada, yada. I mean, whatever reason that he has to leave the team, ultimately those are his reasons. And, like, this is a game. Like, you know, the little black disc flies around the ice. Ultimately, like, we decide if it if it matters or not, if we decide that it doesn't matter, we can just get up and leave. And you know what? Nothing will really change. Right. Like it's, it's immaterial, immaterial, ultimately mental health and other things of that matter. You you can't just say, well, you know what? I don't care about this anymore. And all of a sudden the issue is resolved. 
it's just not like yeah. that. So he's got to do no. what he's got to do. But and the, the Panthers, Panthers have to do what they have to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's not to criticize Knight. It's not to say that they can't nope. trust him. It's just right. a matter of he's going through what he's going through, and there's going to be on-ice implications, and they have to be prepared for that. Somehow, something that I'm just learning and I'm surprised by, Anthony Stolarz is younger than Alex Lyon. For some reason, I feel like Stolarz has been around like way longer. <laughs> well, so he, he, has, he, he's been around in the NHL more. Yeah, he has more that, NHL. Yeah, that's probably why. Um, yeah, the, the Panthers made two other, I guess, somewhat significant uh, signings uh, so far. And well, I mean, significant is a strong word. Um, talking about Alex True and Rasmus Asplund. Both of these guys are probably AHL players. Uh, Asplund, I think, is a little bit more interesting. There's a chance that Rasmus Asplund could become an NHL player still. He, he might oh, be absolutely. one of those late bloomer status kind of guys. Uh, true, true. you're leaving in the AHL, I think. Um, yes. Asplund might actually be something, though. So that is exciting. I'm kind of surprised that he didn't get a one-way deal. He's shown himself to be like a pretty useful bottom six winger. Well, there's again, there's going to be opportunity for him at camp. I mean, you've got Grigori Denisenko. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to bring him up, but I'll bring him up. He just got a two-year one-way deal. Um, so you have to think that he's going to be on the team. Yeah. I don't know where he slots in. Denisenko's on the team. So that's one roster spot that's probably gone. Um, he wouldn't – I don't – well, maybe he would. I don't know. But those other two guys you got to think would pass through waivers. So that – that gives them some roster flexibility. Yeah, and AHL, they they desperately need the bodies. They were playing EHL, ECHL guys towards the end of the season with the amount of calls the Panthers had to do because of injury. Right. Um, jo- George, are the Panthers done in terms of free agency? Obviously, they don't have much cap space to you know offer anyone like real money, but like there are names yeah. still out there: Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, Vladimir Tarasenko, Matt Dum- Dumba, Thomas Tatar. Like there it's are the one. There are guys still out there looking for teams. Are the Panthers, you know, talking to any of them, or is this essentially the lineup barring, you know, a Matthew Kachuk type thing falling into their laps? Yeah, I, I never say that they're done because I think they're talking to people. Um, and yeah, barring a Matthew Kachuk trade, which happened, you know, what on the twenty second, twenty first, twenty second of July last year, um, I, I don't, I don't foresee anything big happening you might get some more guys more alexander true kind of signings for the for the charlotte team and maybe some forward depth for the for the for the big club um but aside from that they just don't have the money i mean you know one of those one at least one of the defensemen's going on ltir to start the season yeah but they're going to eventually come off so it's not like you can do a whole lot but you can play roster roulette where guys are going to get hurt. And you could always say, oh, well, okay, uh, X, Y, and Z. You know, here, okay, Ekblad's coming off LTIR, but uh, so-and-so just got hurt. So we'll we'll bank that for 10 games and see where we're at in 10 games. So who knows? They can they can be 10% over the, the salary cap right now. Yeah. So they can still make moves. I mean, there's no doubt about that, especially when you know – that you're gonna put Montour or Ekblad on LTIR to start the season. You're you're just gonna have to put at least one of them on there. Um, and then if it's for two months, if maybe maybe it's three months, who knows? Maybe Ekblad's out. I'm just using Ekblad. Maybe he's out till January, you know, till 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 the All Star break. That gives you 
half your gig gives you 50 games of, of cap relief. And then you worry about it in February. Be ready for this comment in the press uh, from Paul Maurice's opening uh, uh, preseason press conference. Yeah. Uh, these guys could be on the ice any day now, right now as precautionary. We think <laughs> right. they're going to be fine. Yeah. And then we right. don't see right. them until December. Right, right, right. But listen, I think say, like I talked to you guys before the when the playoffs started about how hurt, Sam Bennett looked, and there yes. he is for game two, like, you know, miracle worker. Um, so I think Sam Bennett was definitely going through some things. Yeah. A leg injury or ankle or a foot, I did not see. Um, his thing was more of a uh, groin um, sports hernia thing. So who knows? I don't know. We'll see. It was walking wounded by the end of it. Um, so anything Panthers related we still need to go over, guys, because I do want to – I know we're way over time on George, but I want to spend like 30 seconds each yeah, going take, around the Take NHL. your victory lap, Alex. Uh, no, I, I will. I will. I'll get there. But like, <laughs> is there anything else, Panthers? All right. So what do you got there, Alex? What you got cooking? Well, I was going to say we want to go around and say, who, other than the Panthers, who had the best and worst offseason? And I guess I'll start. Uh, the worst offseason was the <laughs> Ottawa Senators. You gave Jonas Corvasalo way too much money. I know – He's a Columbus guy to, to you, George, but you gave him a lot of money and he's eh as a goalie. He's a 1B at best. And yep. you gave him a lot of money and you gave him term. But you know what you did? You made Matt Duchesne mistake 2.0, like I said you did when you traded Frogs to bring Cat. Suck it, Ottawa. You got nothing. <laughs> and speaking of Alex to bring Cat. Yes, Alex to bring Cat is a Detroit Red Wing as we're recording this podcast. For a conditional 2024 first round pick, aka Ottawa gets the lower of Boston's first or Detroit's first. Um, assuming so they so they get Detroit's first. Yeah, well, we don't know if Bergeron comes Boston, back. Boston, yeah, like uh, well, yeah, that's great. True. That's true. But but you're yeah. still looking at at best a mid lottery first round pick. You know something in the in the low teens, like 13, 14, 15, or you got Dominic Kubalik, who's fine a meh prospect yeah, i like, I like a, him he's not a prospect he's he's a player no but she's talking about oh you're not yeah you're not talking yeah. about google league when you say prospect there was the yeah. other player yeah and a, and a fourth Sobrango round pick or whatever for a guy you gave a top 10 pick for and a prospect just get absolutely wrecked ottawa mm. it I was called three it picks. the second the trade happened Yep. That you made a mistake. You sure did. And I you had so stuck many to it. You... So many Senators fans in my mentions. <laughs> so many of them. You were all wrong. Watch like out I told for the Sens you... next year. Debrinkat's just as good as Carter Verhage. You were all wrong. You also when the guy when you trade for a guy and it immediately comes out that he's not willing to sign an extension, you fucked up. All right. Anyone else got people? To- I'm very excited to hear how Sens fans turn the table and try and convince you uh, that Dominic Kubalik is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, they are rumored <laughs> to be like the the team that um that's going to Tarasenko. sign Tarasenko. So that that is a good rebound, assuming you get a motivated Tarasenko. I don't know how motivated Tarasenko is going to be in Ottawa. Tarasenko oh, wants good. to win a cup. He's not going to Ottawa. Why hasn't he signed he might, yet? I guess I would have said the he same might. about Claude Giroux, though. But Claude Giroux is also from the... I don't know. Um, Winnipeg and LA. I think they have both had great off-seasons. Uh, for Pierre-Luc Dubois, essentially demanding his way out of Winnipeg, I think Winnipeg did very well in that trade. 
They did. L- LA ends up with one of the best center cores in the entire NHL with Kopitar, uh, the French guy whose name escapes me. Philip Deno. Thank you. The letter D is all that was coming to mind. Uh, Kopitar, Deno, and Dubois is a great center core. And Winnipeg got Gabe Velarde and Alex follow out of it, both of whom are good NHL players. Uh, for for how well known it was that Dubois wanted out of Winnipeg, uh, I think I think Winnipeg did really well in this trade. So both of them, I think, have had very good off seasons. I disagree about LA. I feel like they had to weaken their team in so many areas just to get Dubois on the in eight so point. many areas. They yeah, they had to get lot, rid bro. of the. Um, they had to get a worse goalie than Corpusala, which like probably still was a better move in terms of the asset. But like, they're going into next year with Phoenix Copley and uh, what's his name, the former Minnesota goalie that was. You know, oh, they have Cam Rivera. Talbot and Dan Cam Ridge Talbot on their roster. Like, who who do you trust to be your playoff starter of those guys? Like, come on, they'll trade for someone again. That's exactly yeah, that, that, uh, but I mean, okay, then you're trading for somebody in the middle trade of the for season. Jonathan how often, Quick. How often has that worked? You know, I, I just don't know about that. Like, I, I think Dubois is one of the most overrated players in the league. Not to say he's not a very good player, but just like this kind of return and eight times 8.5. Like, I sorry, I like okay. I would be very upset if the Panthers did something like that. Like, I just don't think he's worth that. Remotely, yeah, I can't uh, imagine the Panthers weakening themselves in a specific position by sending a very good player uh, to another team to bring back a really good well, player and sign again, that Jay, player to an. We're just talking about nine million dollars. The issue here is just the 9. terms 5. of the player quality, like not anything. Yeah, other I know. Than that. Like Matthew, Kachuk obviously, is, Matthew Kachuk is Matthew Kachuk way is a heart trophy runner-up, or he was third place, I guess, and Pierre Luc Dubois. If he ever finishes in the top three for Hart Trophy voting, I will come on this podcast and I will videotape myself eating shit. It's not happening. <laughs> it is not happening. TJ, TJ, don't do this to yourself. All right, George, who you got for best offseason? Um, boy, I mean, the obvious one is Chicago. <laughs> I mean, they, didn't, <laughs> you know, they didn't have to do anything for it. They just uh, beat Pittsburgh to get the best offseason. Um. I disagree with TJ. I think LA did a good job. I think they've got a lot of good <laughs> prospects coming up. I mean, they do. Um, yeah, I love. I mean, and that, they, 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 yeah, I, I'm just saying. I, I think LA did fine. I think Winnipeg isn't done because you still got Hellebuck that they still yeah. have to yeah. and potentially Shifley. move and, and Shifley. And Kyle so, yeah, Kyle so, so, so the Winnipeg, yeah, the Winnipeg situation and their their offseason, I do not think is over. Um, you know, so. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with uh, the LA Kings. I think they did. I think they did fine. And I do like PLD, but I do I do agree with TJ in that regard. They 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 did give up a lot. They are probably paying him too much, but you know, a happy PLD, which I don't know if there's ever been such a thing, um, can be a pretty good player. Boy, yeah. I mean, he just I mean, that's the thing. I mean, he forced his way out of two places already, and yeah. now he's he better be happy in LA. But, uh, you know, time will tell on that one as well. Yeah, and of course the big question there is how long until he demands his way out of L.A. to get <laughs> to get to Montreal because it's pretty well known that he wants to end up in Montreal. I mean, this was his opportunity. Well, he yeah, yeah he could yeah, have done he, that. For, for he could have done that. True. He could have done that. He, he could have said, no, L.A., I'm not signing an extension with you, so 
it's Montreal or bust. He did not. is also that. retaining and, on Provorov. I don't think I realized that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. To get rid of um, the other goalie that they got rid of that went to Philly. Uh, Cal Peterson, of course. Cal How Peterson, could I forget yeah. my own, uh, you know, you're, my own Yeah, your cousin. Yeah, yeah. Different spelling of Peterson. Um, you know who I actually think had a very sneaky good offseason is the Rangers. Let yeah. me list some guys that they signed for under a million dollars. Blake Wheeler. Nick that, Benino. Yeah. Tyler Pitlick. Alex Belzeal, who I think is, I may be pronouncing his name wrong, but I think that might be a real underrated signing. Eric Gustafson, who was very good last year. I don't know why he didn't get played by the Leafs after they traded for him. And Jonathan Quick. Like, all of these guys were under a million dollars each. Yeah. No, it's uh, – they did a pretty decent job. They did a pretty pretty decent job there. Um, I, I don't think Quick was a good signing. I think Quick is beyond washed. Um, Look, there's a reason. Blake Wheeler is also washed, for the record. Yeah, but 875k for Blake Wheeler is like fine. He got 800 actually, not 875. Sorry. It's more of the presence on the roster is a net negative. It doesn't matter the amount of money. Ah. Like Jonathan Jonathan Quick is going to lose them games even as the number 2 and even with Shesterkin starting 60 plus games like Jonathan Quick in his 20ish starts, he's going to give you five games minimum where it's just like, yeah, we lost because Jonathan Quick is washed. I, I don't think that any of these Rangers signings really move the needle, to be honest. You can say all you want about, oh, they got all these guys for under a million, but, like, what did they really get? I mean, I guess it all <laughs> depends on, like, like if Patty if Patty Kane's signing with them at the deadline for, for a playoff run, then whatever. Which probably will, you know. I, I fully expect that to occur. Uh, but I, I just think it's in terms of like Benino at eight hundred thousand. Like, I, uh, I I think he's got a little bit to offer, and and yeah, like Benino's like we've fine. been saying about the, a lot of the he's guys. A good the third Panthers line signed. center. Like like we've been saying a lot about a lot of the guys the Panthers signed. What if, if it doesn't work? Like who cares? Yeah, you paid eight hundred k, and I I feel that's like true. But I work. also don't think that that's the measure of the best off season in the league. I just think that they had a good off season. I mean, the best off season. Like George said in Chicago, they got Connor Bedard, best and Taylor Hall, and Corey yeah. Perry. Uh, I mean, they fully know. I mean, I, giving eight million co- combined between Foligno and Corey Perry, I, I, I'm. What did you also just pronounce the G in Felino? Someone else did that when I was talking to them about this. Why is everyone saying that it's Felino? He's, he's been around forever. Nick he and Felino. his brother, he and his brother and their dad have been around forever. How do people still not know it's a silent G? All right, silent G. His man. name is Felino. Real G's move in silence, like like Felino. Felino. All right, <laughs> but like. Giving eight million combined Jesus. between two guys who should be on the men like that was. But also, who gives a shit if you're Chicago? Yeah. You're just trying to hit the floor, and they bring, really are. You're trying to hit I the floor have... and bring in guys who can be good influences on Connor Bedard. Nobody in Chicago gives a shit what you're paying Nick Foligno for one year. No one. Oh, oh I agree. It, I'm, honestly, my thought process on those were more of like, hey, at fifty percent retention, like someone's going to want them come playoff time. But even at two million. That's going to be hard for teams to fit in because, like, everyone is pressed up against the cap. Don't forget, right. trade deadline math is weird as shit. That's true. That's true. Someone, me, if someone uh, wants Nick Felino or Corey Perry, they can get them. Yeah, 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 they can get them. Let me do my Chicago piece real quick. I remember when people were 
reacting to the Josh Bailey for cap space trade, like, oh, Chicago took way too little. I feel like that they should have just did that kind of trade and like cut the price significantly just to hit the floor. Like you're talking about, oh, they got to give Corey Perry 4 million to hit the floor. Same for Felique. No, as we're now pronouncing. I hate you so much right now. (laughs) The only thing worse than doing it accidentally is doing it on purpose. Mike Riley got bought out. Why is Chicago not calling Boston saying, Hey, we'll, we'll do the buyout. Just give us a fifth round pick. So we get an asset for it. Like they, they, that's what I always do in an NHL. Like, you know, I'll, I'll take any kind of bad contract for an asset. Uh, But I feel like teams should, should do it. Like if you're going to buy out the player, especially like, so they can just go wherever they want. Like, why are they going to be upset about it? The Blackhawks. Trade for every bad contract you can get your hands on, as long as they got a sweetener. You know, that's what I feel like they should have done. The Blackhawks this season are paying four million dollars in buyout money. I don't think they care about that. I think they're, they're paying. Trying. I'm doing a bit. They are paying Josh Bailey two point six repeating. The other million and a half comes from Brett Connolly at one point one, and Henrik Borgstrom at one hundred eighty thousand. Great trade, guys. Oh, I was like the last guy on the Brett Connolly hill. And even I was like, wow, that's a great trade. Yeah. Co- cocaine's a hell of a drug. And that's reckless speculation. But the, the, the dude looks 50 and he's in his 20s. Also, how do you fall off that hard? Drugs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the gesture was huge, by the way. That's why I was going, yeah, exactly. Before, before the anything was said for those of you listening uh carolina also like i talked about oh my the God. sign being good but like how do they have so much cap space i don't get it like they're in on carlson like what the hell what is happening well they're probably gonna lose brett pesci though yeah and that's i guess it's just their organization organizational ethic is like unless you're a, a stud star difference maker, which you could maybe even argue that Brett Pesci is. He's, I would, he's really, in fact, really good. yeah. Pesci's really Pesci's good. Just, they just don't pay sticker price for players unless it's brilliant. Probably, but uh, God, they don't have a cup. So. Under five for term. I, I do think that the Michael Bunting signing is it might bite them in the ass a little bit, which is funny. I actually thought that was a very good signing. Three it's, years. It, it and still like, seems this guy. like big money for for bunting. I don't know. Maybe I'm just very low on bunting in general. The Jordan Stall attention was great, but although like I saw a lot of people with the same reaction, but I also was kind of flummoxed by that reaction as well. But like I'm you're also not just alone, a hater sure. is the thing. Like or, that's that's definitely valid. Like <laughs> oh the, the the one thing that bunting is going to do that Carolina has gotten away with. They've been low key one of the more obnoxious teams when it comes to gaming officials and bunting his reputation, it's going to be an issue. Yeah. Like Carolina is not going to be able to get away with the stuff they've traditionally got away with over the decades, like with Michael bunting in the lineup, like you, your team just has a target on its back because he is a player that every single ref circles and says, yep. this guy is a problem. Just like Matthew Kachuk is for the Panthers. And you know, Carolina is going to have a lot harder time uh, winning power play, the power play uh, plus minus next year. Yeah. All right, I'm going to say something obnoxious. Is that going to be you true are? when he's not wearing? Is that going to be true when he's not wearing a Maple Leafs jersey? Yes. Absolutely. Yep. 
the reputation Absolutely. may have been cemented in a leaf jersey, but the refs no longer care about that. Now all it is is this is who he is to the refs. I I I feel like you can never say the refs don't care about a player no longer being a leaf. Now it may not be enough that he's just not that guy anymore. Like Matthew Kuchuk was never a leaf, for example. Like you can't just say, oh, that's only because he was a leaf. Obviously, no, that doesn't apply. But I'm very curious because there, there's definitely a different. And I'm not to say like the league is after the Leafs, but like you just have a different spotlight on you when you're on the Maple Leafs. It's just the way that it is. And yeah, and I wonder. In, and in that spotlight, Michael Bunting developed a reputation with the refs, and that reputation is going to carry over. I I feel like that makes a lot of sense, and that like could happen for sure. I'm curious. I'm not saying one way or another like what will or won't happen. I think that you're. What you're saying is very, very, very plausible. So uh, I don't think the Panthers are done uh, this offseason. If a Brett Pesci trade is going to happen from Carolina, I would love for the Panthers to be in on that. Uh, Clearing the money for that is going to be very interesting. Uh, But Pesci's also a right shot D, which the Panthers now desperately need, especially with Ekblad and Montour missing the beginning of the season. But uh, yeah, so we'll not we'll, holding my breath on that one, Jake. Yeah, no, I, I'm not either. But Zito is a crafty motherfucker. Um, <laughs> we saw that with the Kachuk trade. I don't think, and and Pesci would be a lot less expensive than that uh, as far as asset return. So uh, yeah, thank you for for giving us uh, a couple weeks off, everyone. Uh, we'll probably take another another week or so, like a month. Yeah, yeah, you know the the mid July. It, it's it's kind of it's gonna be I mean, if quiet we, if, if, think if they do something about. yeah if they do something if we'll we get something out of dev camp you know like yeah that too yeah or we find something fun like the and the uh so yeah it, with uh with with all that out of the way we'll we'll be back if the panthers do anything interesting if not uh i don't know see you in august uh <laughs> and with all that said, I've been Jacob Langsam for Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. We just want to thank George one more time for joining us tonight. Uh, congratulations again on three years of Florida Hockey Now. Make sure you check out all of George's work over there. Thank you for listening. Good night, everybody. Go Panthers.